so good to be able to worship with you and to be able to declare those words. And I hope they were meaningful to you and that they're anchoring down deeper into your heart um, as we continue kind of in this unique moment and this unique time in, in all of history, certainly the history of our nation. There have been other plagues at different times and sicknesses that have gone throughout the earth. This is a unique, unique time for us. And I love to see the way the church is responding. That's what we're going to talk about a little bit this morning about carrying hope. If you want to, you can grab your Bibles and go to 1 Thessalonians. I'm going to grab mine here. We're going to just jump into the Word for uh, a little bit with um, seeing what God has to say about His people. Of course, there's a lot being made uh, at this time uh, about what people are carrying, right? In fact, almost every news story is about what people are carrying. Are they carrying a virus with them? What are they carrying? There's some people that are carrying lots and copious amounts of toilet paper, right? It just, but it, there's, something, there's something being carried. And so that's kind of, almost every story is about that. What are we carrying? There's all kinds of things that we can carry. And what we're feeling and sensing and even seeing, I think, in our culture right now is that there are even things that are heavier and worse that we might be carrying than just a virus. And we're experiencing and seeing some of, uh, some of the harsher parts of humanity being carried right now, right? There's lots of things that people can carry, right? You can carry cynicism or you can carry judgment, and what's being carried a lot, even in this time, is fear. People are carrying fear. They're feeling the weight of that, right? Fear becomes maybe even more crippling than the virus that's spreading around, right? Fears of becoming sick or fears of not knowing what to do or not having enough or fear of not being able to provide well. And these are the true things that are rising up to the surface and there are often being carried, not just thought about, but being carried by people around us. And that becomes, uh, it has a massive impact on the world around us. It's having an impact on our city. It's having an impact everywhere else. These are the things that we tend to carry. And so my simple question for every one of us this morning, what we want to dig into is, what are you really carrying? So uh, earlier we had a chance for you guys to send in uh, a time when someone brought something to you that was really meaningful to you. We want to just check in on a few of those responses, talking about someone bringing something to you. So uh, a couple of things that we saw that someone brought to you. A time, uh, here it is, um, our neighbor brought us some homemade hand cream disinfectant and then checked in with us to make sure that we got it. Isn't that awesome? Someone coming to aid and, and delivering something that was helpful uh, and life-giving. Uh, here's one. My dad brought me a music box from Switzerland, and I still cherish it all these years later. How beautiful is that when someone brings something of value and worth or even something sentimental? It means something. Uh, before we were married, I struggled with fear living alone. My husband or boyfriend at the time brought me an angel figurine to put in my room to remind me that God was always with me as my protector. Isn't that beautiful? Literally just something like that signifying the, the faithfulness and the goodness of God. Here's one. Uh, my first mission trip to Haiti, uh, and we were in the middle of a hurricane, pulling all our snacks together because we couldn't get to where uh, we eat our meals. 
And so the next thing we see is the Haitians were bringing us our meals, pots taped shut on their heads through waist-high water. Oh my gosh, that's unbelievable. What a powerful picture of someone carrying life, carrying goodness to someone else. These are all incredible pictures and they and they are all meaningful. We even even as we read those, we feel how meaningful it is when someone carries something of value and worth and life. That's our question here this morning. What are you carrying? Because the people of God were meant to carry something. And I want to say specifically that right now here in this moment, the people of God were meant to carry hope. If you'll look at 1 Thessalonians 1, Paul is writing to this beautiful church and he's declaring, uh, he's gonna say a lot of things, but he wants to say hi, he wants to welcome them and he has something to say about them. 1 Thessalonians chapter one, we'll just jump into verse two where he says, here, here's what he says. We give thanks to God always for all of you constantly mentioning you in our prayers. Now, here it is. Here's what we remember. Remembering before our God and Father, your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, right? So here we have Paul, and he's looking at the church, and he's praying for them. And here's what he remembers about the people of that church. Here's what he remembers as the mark on that people. He says, you were faithful workers. Well, he says, basically, you're faithful workers. You, you don't give up. I'm remembering that this is who you are. This is what you had in you. You're a faithful worker, meaning you don't give up. Secondly, your labor of love. They were loving laborers, which means this: they were authentic in what they were doing. They weren't just doing something for brownie points. They weren't just doing something because it was the nice or the right thing to do. They were doing what they were doing out of a spirit of true love. There was an authenticity to that people in that moment. And then he finally says, and what we remember is your steadfast hope. They carried hope. I can't think of anything more beautiful that if the, the world around were to take a look at what the church is right now and see the church carrying hope. This is what we were meant for. And I want to I maybe say it this way. This moment in history, the church was made for this moment to be a people who carry hope that no one else can have, that no one else in all the earth can possess but the church. Because, and I want to talk about this, because the scripture says that our hope is what? Anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just hope that things are gonna get better. And church, listen, I want things for things to get better. It's not just hope that things will return to normal. It's not just hope that we'll make it through this without getting sick. Those are all kinds of forms of hope. And those, none of those are necessarily bad things, but hear this. There's one hope that is unshakable. And when Paul looks at the church, he says, here's what I see. I see that you are a man and a woman of hope because your hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
It's the only thing that can't be shaken. That's what we are seeing right here and right now. In our world, in our nation, all over the earth, there's one thing that cannot be shaken. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what we've learned, right? That things can be taken away. School can be taken away, right? Much to the glory and rejoicing, I'm sure, of all the kids that are watching with us. You're going, thank you, Jesus, for taking school away, right? But school can be taken away. Restaurants can be taken away, right? Events and entertainment can be taken away, right? March Madness got taken away, right? We're mourning that in our house. We just miss not having March Madness. It feels sad, right? Travel can be taken away. All of these things can actually be taken away. The things that we took as uh, kind of second nature, uh, we, we took for granted that they would just always be. We're finding out very quickly that all of this can be taken away, that literally none of those things can carry hope. None of, our, none of those things can carry our hope in any way. There is one thing that cannot be taken away. One thing. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the anchor for our hope and that you and I can have all of him. There is nothing that can remove his presence from us. In fact, the beauty of the word says this, there is nothing that we can do to remove the presence of God. He is the faithful one who never leaves and never forsakes us. There's no virus that can remove his presence. There's no sin that can remove his presence. He is ready to receive his people. He is the anchor of our hope. He is the one thing that endures. He's the one thing we can put all of our trust in, no matter what the situation is. I, I love the psalm that we meditated on earlier. It's got one of kind of one of my all-time favorite texts just to meditate on because it's such a beautiful picture of what we're talking about and describing. If you go back to Psalm 27 in verse 4, here's what it says. One thing I have asked of the Lord. One thing. Listen, if you are at home, say with me, one thing. One thing, one thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. That's it right there. There's one thing. David knew it. He felt it. He experienced it. There's one thing that I've asked. One thing that I want the thing that I'm gonna pursue and seek after is that I want to be in your presence. I wanna see your beauty. In fact, I think this is the most important moment for the church to see the beauty of Jesus, to see the beauty of the Lord over our lives, even over this moment of crisis in our nation, to say, God, we see you. We want to know, remember your presence. We wanna see your beauty. And then, then what? We want to inquire in your temple. We want to speak to you. We want an open dialogue for who you are and what you're doing. We want to be anchored in to your truth. That is our hope. Listen, church, that's more than a cute platitude. That is eternal. That's the one thing that can't be shaken and can't be taken. And the church, we're meant to be the carriers of this. I remember uh, it was the year 2000 where it was on a mission trip with about maybe 20 other people. And uh, we had spent, we were in, oh, we we're kind of all over Asia, but we were at this particular moment, we were in Hong Kong and we were going into China and we were 
taking resources to the underground church in China, and we were making this trek back and forth, and, and um, we had a chance to sit down in Hong Kong, and we kind of all piled into this very small hotel room, and a pastor, a Chinese pastor, came, and he sat with us, and he began to tell us his story. And what he said is this, that during the communist revolution of the 1950s, that the Chinese government began to rein in and come against the church. And he said, my father owned a dry cleaning business, so our, our family was seen as kind of wealthy. And I was a pastor, and so it put me out there. And so they arrested me, and they put me in this concentration camp to do this kind of re-education, to try to pull out the gospel out of us and to make us... Uh, uh, um, subservient to the state. And that's what they were doing at this moment. And he said, I was in this concentration camp and because I was a pastor and because I came from what was considered a wealthy family, he said, they made me do the most horrible task. And he said, my job was to trench and to uh, clean out and to expand the human latrines or the human waste. And so what he said is, every day I would go in and I would be up to my knees, and even at some points in time, I would be up to my waist uh, in, in, in human excrement. And I stunk so bad, and we would dig latrines and create new trenches, and we found ourselves constantly in this state. But he said, I came, here's what, it, and this was his quote, I came to love the cesspools. This is what this pastor from China said. He said, I came to love the cesspools. And we were dumbfounded. We're sitting there. He said, why on earth would you love the cesspools? And he said, he said, because we stunk so bad, the guards would come nowhere near us. And it was in that place that I could declare the power of the word of God. I could recite scripture out loud over and over. That was the place that became beautiful to me. And he said, he sang this song and he literally were sitting in this hotel room with him and he sings the song in the garden. You might know it if you've come from a church or if you've been a part of a church, maybe from a long time ago. And here's what he says. Here's the lyrics. I come to the garden alone. He's literally singing this. While the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the son of God discloses. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own. And the joy that we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. That pastor said, I loved the cesspools and I thank God because it was at that place I could declare my love, my allegiance and my hope in the Lord. This church is what we were meant to carry. This is what the people of God were always meant to be, that you and I could find ourselves even in a pool of human excrement to see and savor 
and know the goodness of God. It's what he wants for each one of us. It's actually the call on our lives to be those kinds of people who carry that kind of hope no matter the circumstance. That's what he wants for each one of us. Each day is an opportunity for the expression of the hope that we carry in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's what he desires from us. We'll see in Colossians chapter one, it says, to them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You feel the weight of that? That is what the church was meant to carry. That is what the church was meant to carry. Christ in us, the hope of glory. We're meant to be a people who carry hope and we give hope away. That is the call on each one of us. That's what we wanna do. That's what we see. And you'll go down a little further in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 to verse 8. It says, For not only was the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. So here is the question. How can we begin to carry hope in real ways in our community? How can we begin to carry hope in real ways in our community? That's what we're gonna ask. There's a couple of ways that I want us just to begin to, to dial in and ask the question, how can we begin to carry hope? Number one, it's time for the church to bless our community. We wanna be a people who bless our community, right? So what does it look like for us to be a people, the people of God to bless our community? Number one, listen, Right now, <laughs> there are tens of thousands of parents that all of a sudden became homeschool teachers, and they have, no, they have no idea what to do. You might find yourself in a place of going, hey, I like the education thing. You might, you, you might right at this moment, for our community, you might know someone that could use some help with the homeschool thing, become a tutor. Jump online. It's one of the beautiful things of technology. We can use our technology. Let's love our community. Maybe we can help somebody who's right in the throes of homeschooling. Say, hey, how can I come alongside you to help you with your children? Uh, another idea. Listen, there are tens of thousands that are risk are at risk right now because of this virus. If you know someone who's got a compromised immune system, or you know someone that maybe is on the older spectrum of life, of their age, could you take a moment to call them and say, hey, is there anything I can do for you? Is there anything that I can bring to you? I want to be able to deliver something that's life-giving and helpful to you, right? Those are ways. Secondarily, there are so many people that are functioning in the medical profession right now, and they are on the front lines. They don't get to social distance. They go right into the middle of it. Are there ways that we can find those that are in the medical profession and say, hey, how can I help? Do you know someone? Do you know a nurse? Do you know a doctor? Uh, to reach out and say, how can we come alongside you? How can we be a blessing to you? I was uh, looking on Facebook uh, the other day, and one of the people in our church 
what he did is he, he literally went, uh, went to Chick-fil-A, got some gift cards, and he took a $10 gift card, and he went to a frontline person. You know who the, probably the most frontline people are right now? The, the people in our grocery stores, people in uh, Sam's and Publix and Kroger and all of those places where people are just constantly bombarding and, and, and looking to acquire goods. And this person in our church grabbed uh, 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 this Chick-fil-A card and found the person at the checkout counter as if checking all the people out, as che- he was checking himself out and handed the $10 Chick-fil-A card and just said, thank you for what you're doing. He said, the woman behind the checkout counter broke in tears and said, Chick-fil-A is my favorite restaurant. And it meant some, now, Chick-fil-A is like 99% of the world's favorite restaurant. So it's, a, it's almost a guarantee if you do that. But listen, this is a picture of someone that just says, I wanna help and I want to carry hope with me. A way to bless the community around us. Maybe it's grocery store. Maybe it's medical professional. Maybe it's someone who needs help with tutoring. There are ways that we can begin to engage. So here's the question, church, we ask. Lord, how can we bless How can we carry hope to our community around us? Even if we do it from a distance, how can we do that? The second thing that I want us to do, and I'm gonna ask our team to come up here. They're gonna come up and we're gonna finish out um, in worship this morning. Listen, is to be a person who speaks words of hope. Speak words of hope, speak life, right? Right now, social media is the place to be, right? It's the place to be for fear, It's the place to be for jokes. It's the place to be for memes. It's the place to be for tons and tons of human fail videos. It's the place to be for lots of stuff. Could social media be the place where we share hope? Could it be the place where we just keep declaring the goodness of God? Not just in in terms of just, yeah, God's good out there, but how is the Lord good in you? How is he showing his goodness to you? I'm not talking about getting on the soapbox and preaching or anything like that. I'm talking about how can we speak words of life and hope? Maybe Here's a couple of ideas. One, share words of life with someone. Maybe there's someone right now that you know needs encouragement. Maybe there's, maybe you just sense, here's this, take time in the, maybe even in the morning or in, in the middle of your day, take time, push the pause button and say, God, is there somebody that you want to encourage right now? And just speak a word of life and encouragement, a quick text, a quick Marco Polo, a quick Instagram, just someone to bless and to say, I just want to speak the life of God over you. I want to speak the words of truth over you and bless someone. You also can do this. Share your story. Share your story of God's goodness in your life. Maybe the Lord's doing something good in you. Maybe he's sharing something that's powerful. This is how we spread hope, is where we tell the world how we're experiencing the goodness of God, even in the midst of the trials and tribulations. We don't ever make light of trials and tribulations. We just declare the goodness of God. We keep saying it over and over and over again. I wanna encourage you to grab onto maybe one of these ways and be able to say, Lord, we're gonna trust you. Listen, this is the moment for the church to shine. This is the moment for the church to rise up, right? Jesus is the one who says, listen, I want you to be a light that shines in the darkness. You weren't meant to be put underneath a basket. This is the moment. If there's ever a moment, this is it for us to stand up and say, Lord, lead us. Lead your people. Show us what it looks like for us to be carriers of hope 
for us to be authentically loving people, for us to be faithful workers in this world around us. How can we be that expression? We are meant to stand boldly, stand courageously and say, I'm gonna testify to the goodness of God. I'm gonna carry hope. I'm gonna bless others. Let's find ways, let's ask for ways to do that more and more. We'll finish with this scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter two. It says, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. I want you to hear this. If you're a follower of Jesus, you carry the aroma of Christ. You're meant to be a blessing to those who are following Jesus and those that are far from God. But we were meant to be the aroma of Christ. Let's begin to be people that ask him, Lord, how can I do this in more practical and real and life-giving ways to meet the needs of your people? And listen to me, I wanna say this. If you're watching right now and you're going, I don't feel like I have this hope. You're talking and you're describing a hope in Jesus that I don't feel like I have. I'm looking for things. I'm looking for my hope to be in other places. And you don't have what you believe to be an authentic, life-giving relationship with the Son of God, with Jesus. I want to say to you, if you're watching here right now, God is inviting you into our relationship with Him. And that if you're ready to put your hope in something that cannot be shaken, this is a moment for you to do it. If you want, we'd love to come alongside you. You can even just text us on that same number we've been flashing on the screen all morning long. Let us know how we can come alongside you. We wanna help you walk in a life-giving relationship with Jesus where you can't be shaken no matter the circumstance. We want you to come into this church family, into the body of believers to say, we're gonna come alongside each other and walk with each other no matter what. That's what the people of God were meant to do. And so I wanna encourage you to do that. Let us know, 615-628-7066. You can text us and just say, hey, I'm ready for a relationship. I'm ready to put my hope in him. I want to follow the Lord Jesus. We're ready to help you do that. Let us know. We can come alongside you. I'm gonna pray and we're just gonna finish this morning with worship. And then we have a few things to share with you right at the end. And we're gonna show all of our selfies and, and let, let you guys see uh, the family of God together. Father, thank you for hope. All of it comes from you. Every ounce of it. We can't create any of it. We can't manufacture it. We can look for it in all kinds of different places. But there is no question that real, true, lasting hope comes from you. And we were meant to carry it. We were meant to take it into the highways and byways. We were made, meant to take it into every arena and sphere that we have, whether it's online or in a place or wherever we might go, in our homes, among our families, with our friends. God, would you let us carry hope. Let your church rise up. I pray that we would shine like never before. I pray, God, we would fulfill your call in our lives to spread the aroma of Christ wherever we go so that people may know your goodness, so that people may come into your family, so that we might be anchored forever in your truth. I ask that, God, would you do that? May we believe you, trust you, and walk with you, we ask in Jesus' name. Let's worship.